1: Welcome back to Force Perspectives for the uh, Mandalorian episode. What is this? It's chapter twenty-three. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, the spies. Uh, I am your host, of course, Michael Cohen, and with me, we've got a special guest. We've got Tim Dipple, the host of the Perfect Ten Pop Quiz. Uh, Hi.
0: How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I am doing well I had a really good time watching this episode and I'm excited to talk about it
1: yeah yeah, yeah. I mean fantastic episode phenomenal episode um, I don't know if it was as good as last week's episode but <laughs> I know I'm in the minority on that one uh, like like for real like that's not that's not me just being silly that's not just a joke like last week's episode was so much fun I loved it so much that like this one being like like dude, so much great action so many interesting plot developments right like crazy stuff going down for this episode but last week was just like pure joy like it was just it was just absolute bliss and then this week was like oh well now now we're back to like the serious story that's no fun i feel like
0: i feel like if you put the two episodes together you get everything that star wars is oh for Uh, sure for sure and that's between the two
1: yeah, and that's and that's exactly what it is, right? That's what like, I, I I walked out of this episode going like like just like the Thanos thing. It's like perfectly balanced as all <laughs> things should be. Like this is why I like Mando over a bunch of other stuff. It's you know what it is. Same reason I love Star Wars Rebels because in Star Wars Rebels you can have an episode like Jedi Knight. Right. And you can also have that episode with the puffer pigs from season one. And that's, <laughs> and that's the same show. That's the same show. It is. I, so yeah, like, like, I, I, yeah. Or yeah, like you can get a famously, I guess it's in season. Is it in season four? it's either in season three or four. I think it's towards the end of season three. You get the episode with AP five um, and I, uh, I uh, get Steven Stanton. It's I'm pretty sure it's Steven Stanton doing, um, doing his version of Alan Rickman as C-3PO, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, floating, floating in space. Uh, uh, to his uh, certain, certain death. Um, and uh, just, you know, waxing poetic. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, that's yeah. Star Wars contains multitudes. People want it to be one thing. And uh, and I refuse. I refuse to allow them to make Star Wars one thing. Star Wars is whatever Star Wars needs to be in that moment.
0: Oh, absolutely. Case, Case in point, the show that's coming out in about, what, two weeks, three weeks, something like that. Tales yep. of the Jedi is going to be so much fun. And no, that's yeah, going to be just young as much Jedi, star, yeah. yeah, Young Jedi, young Avengers, Jedi Adventures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's going to be so much fun, too. And that's oh, it's just be as much Star Wars as anything else.
1: Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and we've already gotten to see a little bit of that uh, over the last couple of weeks. Even before Celebration, we got to see some some chunks of it. I'm, I'm really excited for it because my kids seem down for it. So uh, anything to get them more interested in Star Wars. And uh, and 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 a bright blue Ewok Jedi. It's gonna do that. It's gonna do that. Uh, there will be like this. Isn't the right podcast for it. This is Force Perspectives. That's more of a Rebel Cells thing. But I'm just gonna say, around here, we won't stand for any nub slander. You know what I mean? Like oh no, no nubs for life. Uh yeah, oh, all the merch, all the merch, please. Just I will buy all of it. I am
0: excited for that because it will probably be my opportunity to try to introduce star Wars to my two-year-old. Hmm. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't really pay attention. When, I, I tried watching even resistance in the same room as him and he just didn't care, but I'm hoping that young yeah. Jedi adventures might be the way to introduce him.
1: Um, with Kara. I used the star Wars at that age. It was the star Wars blips. Um, cause that mm. was, uh, I mean, I guess even younger than that, cause she was born 2016 and that was 20, those were 2017 cause those were in the lead up to, uh, to last Jedi. And, yeah. um, yeah, those little, those little animated shorts with R2 and BB-8 and occasionally 3PO and Chewie. Um, and, and tons of porgs <laughs> throughout. <laughs> those those were so good in getting her excited about certain aspects of Star Wars and stuff. So um, yeah, let's uh, let, actually before we get into the episode, let's just really quickly we're not gonna get like deep into the news because because uh, because I feel like that would be a, an episode all its own because there was plenty that came out of Celebration. But well, let's just talk about the about the top level stuff. First of all, we got the Ahsoka trailer.
0: I... oh my dude yeah <laughs> i am not lying to you when i say i cried the first time yeah. i watched this like full-on tears not like my my eyes teared up or anything full-on tears yeah, yeah. uh because like you rebels is my star wars i love that show it is it's a perfect 10 and to see like like the least the least interesting thing about that trailer was Ahsoka. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. We've seen Ahsoka, guys. It's not exciting anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen her twice. Sorry. Talk to Luke Skywalker. This is uh this is fine. But you know, like we started talk to Luke Skywalker. I don't think I, 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 this is like a challenge. I don't, can you guys do better than that? You know, like, uh, but um, no, I'm right there with you, man. I, I, as much as like seeing Sabine and Hera in action, the moment that got me was seeing the, the Phantom. Uh, mm. which is the little shuttle from the ghost, right? which is oh, just a right, right. tease. It's just a tease because we don't really see the ghost. I uh, I but but we do get to see the phantom, which implies the ghost, which is the oh. best part.
0: So, yeah, that was great.
1: I mean, like it's gonna be so wild to get the ghost in live action. And like the interiors, because like, here's the thing with, with the ghost, it's, it's home, right? Like it, like it's, it's the one, like other than the characters themselves, it's the one constant throughout star Wars rebels, no matter where they are, you know, you go back to the ghost and you've got like the, the sort of, you know, uh, common area with the, Uh, Dajaric table and, and you know, the kitchen and whatever. And then you've got their bunks and you've got the cockpit and you've got the, the gun turret and, and obviously the, the phantom and, and the, uh, and, and the, the cargo hold, the sort of workshop area, right? Like, it's just like those, those locations, even though we've only ever seen them in animated form so far, uh, like they feel absolutely real to me. And so, To the idea that we're gonna get we're gonna get to see that in live action yeah it's super exciting it's super exciting because it's like it it, it's it it is akin to the millennium falcon right i mean like it's 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 like
0: it's just as much star wars to me as the millennium falcon is
1: yeah for sure it's like the i i'd like to think of it as sort of like the sister ship to the falcon, right? And there's the great episode of Forces of Destiny where Han and Hera are kind of going back and forth at each other and, uh, and it ends with them like going, "Okay, let's race. Let's let's settle it. Like, who's the faster?" I, <laughs> uh, cuz yeah, it is very much like I mean, wow, on that like the fact that the the ghost can be sort of uttered in the same breath. Like they try, it was funny cause they tried it on, on clone wars, right. With the twilight where yeah. it was like, it was like in them in the movie, it was meant to be like, Oh, this is going to be like their home. And it never was. And I, uh, uh, and then we came back in rebels and the ghost really, really was like it, it. And yeah, like the great thing about it is that it is so much like the millennium falcon and yet absolutely has its own personality and its own its own vibe and that to me mm-hmm. is the the biggest achievement there is that, that like you, you could be on the level with the millennium falcon yet your own thing entirely you know
0: yeah that first episode that we get the ghost is going to be just like that moment where han and Chewie stepped on the millennium falcon in the force awakens it's gonna be we're home yeah
1: yeah, a hundred percent. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait. I can't it, like the the fact that this show has gone from, you know, uh, us going like, okay, so it's gonna be you know, Ahsoka doing some you know, I'm not a Jedi Jedi stuff, uh, and uh, and then to like, okay, so Sabine will obviously be in it because it'll be the search for Ezra, and uh, okay, Thrawn will be in it, and then it's like, well, is also in it and Chopper and then seeing Zeb on the Mandalorian it's like well there's no there's no doubt that he will show up at some point in that show i, I said it i uh, on twitter i think the day after we recorded that episode um, that you don't you don't put that much work in because like zeb like let, let's be real we, we get cg characters sometimes on these shows and it's like okay yeah fine sure whatever i uh, they're good they're passable they work but then you get zeb and zeb looks every bit as good in his appearance in the mandalorian as he would if it were a live action feature right mm-hmm. and I uh, like you don't put that much work into that character model you don't you don't create that without the intent of we're gonna use this guy a bunch right He's yeah
0: you, d- you don't do that for away. a 30 second clip
1: yeah. So I I expect that we'll see more of him in the future whether it's uh in in Ahsoka Mando uh or Skeleton Crew. I, I w- we will see more of Zeb. Um, yeah. I bet you the next time that we see him he's piloting a Y-wing. I I and uh yeah. I but but we'll see. We'll see we'll see how it goes. But the fact that we've gotten all these characters in a very brief glimpse at Ezra, I, I, it's like, this is, this is just, this is more Star Horse Rebels. That's what this is. Um yeah. And confirmation that, that Mary Elizabeth Winstead uh is, is playing Hera. That's huge to me. Cause I love her so much. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I, really anytime that she shows up in anything, but obviously Scott Pilgrim's a big one for a lot of people and then 10 cloverfield lane but if you want to see her really bust out those acting chops go watch i think it's season three of fargo with her and ewan uh, because i believe that's where they met and they're now married and they i think they've got a kid Uh, i think you're right there yeah yeah and and the two of them ewan plays two characters he plays twin brothers and they're like they couldn't be more different from one another and it's fantastic he's yeah my god he's so talented um but she holds her own in that in that season as well fargo is such a great series i i i highly recommend it to everyone um and 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 getting uh getting you in, in i think i'm pretty sure it's season three i is just like yeah if you're a big fan of his uh, it's worth checking it out but she is so good in that i can't wait to see what she brings to the character uh
0: and uh, then live action and then not in that trailer but the next day we got confirmation that lars is coming back as thron
1: yes yeah yeah so we'll have lars mickelson as, as thron and that's i mean that's perfect i i can't imagine anybody else doing that i but that said i mean like you know i i having rosario in as as ahsoka having i i um I just said her name, Mary Elizabeth Winstead in his hair. I'm not, I can't remember the name of the actress that's playing Sabine. Cause I'm not super familiar.
0: with It's her. uh Maybe. Natasha Lou. Bodizzo. Yes. Or Bordizzo, I, Sorry.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like, I don't know. I like, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing what they bring to it. I, there, there's a, there's an aspect of it where it's like, I want as much as possible. I want the animated actors to play the live action versions of the characters, Right. There right. are, there are very good logical reasons for why that's not the case. I, I mean, like, I don't know. I think Vanessa Marshall should be playing Hera um, as much as I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. said, I do think that like, like that character, she looks like the character, she can embody the character, but I get it. I get what they're doing here. Like they, they, um, this is one of the things the actors, the voice actors in a lot of instances are, are a bit older um and so having them portray their characters in live action on screen like there's there's a they want to do this for a few more years (laughs) so i get like bringing in slightly younger performers to do some of this and then like the rosario ahsoka thing is its own its own thing because i like with that one like this is no shade whatsoever to ashley eckstein who obviously you know originated the character and um, and and did an amazing job throughout Clone Wars and Rebels, but um, you need a headliner for your series, and Ashley Eckstein's not going to be that. Uh, yeah, which you know, like it's just like that's just the way that that's just the way that these things tend to work. So, um, you know, Rosario is a, is a name that draws people in that might not otherwise uh, check it out. And and to be honest, I mean, like I, I think that she does a really good job with the characters. So. Um, you know, I, uh, and I know that there's like, there's, there's controversy and stuff in, in her background. And, I I, so it's, is I know it's tough for some people. I do get that. I'm going to say this. I'll probably talk about it more in the lead up to Ahsoka, but I'm just going to say it right now. I just want to put this out there. It's two things. First off, I... I totally like I 110% stand behind uh, uh, trans rights and and all of that stuff uh, and 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 all of my trans friends and I don't ever want to be seen as not supporting them. So I'll say that right up front. So for every episode that I watch of Ahsoka, I'll be making donations in order to balance out my karma. That's like, that's my plan. That's how I've sort of reconciled it to say that, like, I know that this is something that some people are still feeling hurt about. And, and, you know, I, I, I think that there's a little bit of a gray area as to whether or not that's, um, I think that it's valid to feel that way. I think, I think that it's more complex and it's certainly not like JK Rowling. That's cut and dry. (laughs) She just says horrible things and gets worse and worse as the days go on. So I'm muting Harry Potter on Twitter so that I don't have to see tweets about this anymore. And, uh, and, and like I said, like I continue to support trans rights and, and uh, all of, all of my, uh, you know, LGBTQ, uh, friends and uh, and obviously listeners and 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 everybody out there um because it's just the right thing to do but um the other thing the other thing that I'm going to say cuz it is nuanced it is there is a lot to unpack with it um about you know like we always want to listen to victims when they come forward but there is an element when these things like end up like fizzling and and charges get dropped um where you know it, there there there's a certain element there of what what really happened you know like like and and we'll never know so um so it's it's hard to it's hard to make a judgment one way or the other but that's and that's why I say like I'll be making donations every time I watch the show uh just to balance out my karma but here like this is this is the kicker because some people might be bristling a little bit at at me talking about this and talking about it in this way but here's the kicker for me pedro pascal speaks very highly of rosario and pedro obviously is a very vocal ally uh his sister is trans and uh and so obviously he is a he is a staunch advocate he is a he is a fervent ally um and if he vouches for rosario then like that's like to me that that says a lot because i hold his uh it's not even his opinion like the like the way that he conducts himself if there was something to say i think he he, it would be one of two things he would either say something or he'd be silent and he's not uh, he's, he's, he's a very vocal supporter of her in this role. And, um, I am sure that they've had conversations. I would be very surprised. He does not seem like the type of guy to shy away from that sort of thing. So I am sure that they have had conversations about it. And, um, and so that's kind of take that for what it's worth. I know that's not going to be good enough for everybody. And, and I, I, I'll say this. If it's if it's a problem for you, like then then like don't feel bad about not listening to those episodes of the podcast when we get to it. We will cover Ahsoka. Um like like it's uh, I don't know. It, it it's a I think it's a thing that everybody kind of has to come to on their own. Um as to as to what their comfort level is when stuff like this happens, right? Um and so I don't wanna I don't want to speak for anybody else. I'll only ever speak for myself in, in an instance like this. I feel comfortable watching the show and supporting the show because I think that there are also a lot of other people on the show that 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 are worthwhile to support. I think that I I personally think that Lucasfilm and Disney are doing really positive things and I want to continue to support what they're doing. I mean, when we look at this show, it is it is a show that by all intents and purposes from the trailer is a female led, like it is three female leads in star Wars. One of the antagonists is female as well. Right. And two of those leads, like two of those lead hero characters are uh, uh, people of color. Right. So like that, like that to me is, is huge progress. And it's the sort of thing that I, that I do want to support in the same way that like, I want to support. I, we just got the trailer for the Marvels and it's like, uh, Oh, that looks so good. It looks so, it looks phenomenal. It looks fantastic. Like I, there are, there aren't words to describe how great that trailer makes that movie. look. if that movie ends up being bad, I don't care. I will continue to support it. And I, I won't say a single bad thing about it because it, it's, it's like, just, what it is like what it stands for what it is it deserves to be um celebrated for for putting again three women on screen together as the leads as the heroes and and two of those women are people of color again like i just i think that um i want to focus a little bit more on 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 the wins and the positive and that's not to say like like ignore or shout down people's concerns. Um, because I think that that's, like I said, I think that all of those perspectives are totally valid. And I, and I, and people have very good reason for feeling the way that they feel. Um, and like I said, it's a, it's a, it's gotta be a personal thing for everybody. Yeah. But we I, also,
0: we also got like, go the ahead. list of the directors for that show.
1: First. Okay. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's that's actually a very diverse, diverse group. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That and and then and then also uh, Skeleton Crew, which we didn't get we didn't get to see a trailer. People got to see stuff at Celebration. Um, And if you're sneaky, you can find some stuff online. But it's tough. It's tough with Skeleton Crew. They're they're pretty they're keeping a pretty tight lid on that one. Um, But I'll tell you, like I did manage to see a little bit of that of that trailer that they showed that looks fantastic as well. And that one again, looks like it's going to be like a very diverse cast. uh, I, and it's got, it's a very diverse group of directors. Um, I, I, man. Yeah. I, we've got such great things in store for the rest of this year. Uh, visions. We got a trailer for, um, coming May 4th. We've got, as you mentioned, young Jedi adventures is coming May 4th as well. So that stuff is like in the near future. Uh, and then Ahsoka is going to be August, and then Skeleton Crew is going to be later this year. They've said so. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. That might mean that might mean the very end of December, because if you remember, Book of Boba Fett was like the last week of December, and then <laughs> right. mostly mostly the the following year, right? But. Um, which I think might end up being the case with Skeleton Crew. I don't. I don't anticipate we'll roll from Ahsoka, which is I think Dave confirmed that it's eight episodes. So if it uh, starts no, I think in it's. August, oh yeah, you're right. It's eight. It's eight. I'm yeah, looking at the
0: eight. IMDb right now. Yeah. Um, so
1: if it starts like mid to late August, that'll carry us through October at least, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, uh, assuming they don't just roll right into Skeleton Crew. But who knows? Maybe they will. Like, uh, it's it's entirely possible that we're just going to roll right into it. But um, I don't know what the Marvel shows are for the rest of the year, right? Because we got Mando ending in April. We have a little bit of a gap where there really isn't anything. And then uh, Secret Invasion is June or July. I can't remember. But uh, it's...
0: It says- Spring on IGN. Um, it's no, they
1: see. just they just the the most recent trailer has a date, and I think it's June. I think it's the end of June. It's like June twenty first or something like that. But um, that one I think will carry us through pretty much up to Ahsoka, and then I I and then we'll get like Ahsoka will carry us through. Yeah, to, you're right. It
0: is June twenty first.
1: Is it okay? Yeah. Um, Ahsoka will carry us through to the Marvels. So it's this handoff thing that Disney does between Marvel and, and, and Star Wars. Um, but we've also got Loki coming at some point this year. So uh, Loki season two, right is coming this year as well. And what if season two, I think is also this year. So um, like there's they like to always kind of have something on Disney plus, right? Um, something new each week to keep people subscribed. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what that, what that breakdown ends up being. But I think, I don't think that we're going to get skeleton crew until December. I think that that's probably the way that's going to shake out, but we'll have to wait and see. We'll get more, more information. I, I'm guessing that we'll get either. um, Skeleton crew is most likely because it is the next thing or Acolyte. We might see something from Acolyte on May the 4th. I think that they held some stuff back intentionally and it won't be the exact same thing that they showed us at Celebration, but it'll be similar. um, Right. And they they did give us
0: a little bit of Acolyte footage. Well, they did the people who were there.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, they did. So, um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Acolyte is also looking incredible. Um,
0: and another female centric show.
1: Exactly. I, uh, I, yeah, but let's talk about, uh, so that's all the shows, right? <laughs> um, we'll talk more about bad batch season three and that being the final season. We'll, we'll probably pop back in. Um, I, I mean, we definitely will around May the 4th to talk about everything, I think. And, uh, uh and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that and what that means. But, um, that was announced is that, that bad batch is coming back in 2024 for its third and final season, which is very interesting. Uh, I think that means that we could see Omega sooner rather than later in one of these shows, uh, one of the live action shows. Um, mm. and that might be one of the reasons why they're wrapping up bad batch. But, um, uh, hopefully that means that we've got another animated series sort of in the works. I hope that it's also Brad round Jennifer Corbett, because I think they've done an amazing job with bad batch, but, um, I think, I think it might be linked into their Disney's future strategy with Star Wars, and so let's talk about it. Let's talk about the three movies that have been announced. First off, let's talk about the least interesting one. Dave Filoni. This is the interesting part of it: is that Dave Filoni will be directing a feature film in live action. Uh, in the Mando verse era of of, uh, of of the Star Wars story, so um, so it'll it will be a culmination of stories uh, from Mando, Ahsoka, Book of Boba Fett, Skeleton Crew, all of that stuff.
0: Right, all and coming this is together. This is the thing that we kind of knew was coming. We just didn't know it yeah. was going to be a movie. Uh, we didn't that...
1: know. Yeah, yeah. It's a. It'll be. A, it sounds like it's a theatrical release, and it's Dave Filoni directing. So. That's, that's sort of the big, that's the big reveal on that one, but that's not, that's not super exciting. Uh, James Mangold directing a film set the furthest in the past of anything that we've ever gotten with star Wars, uh, which is sort of, it's, it's in what they're now calling the dawn of the Jedi era.
0: That Um, logo was awesome by the way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Inspired by the, uh, by the, 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 uh, oh, there's a there's a word for it, a name. It has a name. The 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 mosaic in the pool in in the Last Jedi in um on Octo in the temple, right? Um, that that's like the two. It's like half light, half dark sort of thing. Um, so yeah, so I, I, that's exciting. James Mangold, director of Logan, director of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which is coming out this summer, and it looks fantastic. Uh, we got a trailer <laughs> for that as well i i so that's exciting that one's really really exciting um let's hope it actually happens (laughs) let's hope that he doesn't exit from it like like uh benioff and weiss and uh, uh kevin feige and everybody else but um yeah taika's stuff is still in the works but it's also the furthest out of these films um that was a tidbit that sort of got dropped ryan johnson is welcome back to do a new star wars film anytime that he feels like it or a tv show or a short film or to just uh, just uh, wipe his nose uh, anything, anything that Ryan Johnson wants to do, Kathleen Kennedy seems down for, um, and has basically stated so repeatedly, again and again. Ryan Johnson also back uh, during Glass Onion press was very much like, "Yeah, I want to do it. It's just I'm doing this other stuff right now. I got this deal with Netflix. I'm making these movies. I'm, uh, and so I think that like uh, that it's going to happen eventually. It's going to happen sooner or later." but uh, and probably later but uh but right now still no news on that um i mean ryan johnson's busy just making awesome stuff left right and center like let's leave him alone he can come back to star wars when he's ready i mean it's not Um, like he's not
0: directing movies and a tv show simultaneously exactly Uh, if if he uh, wants to do like a three-minute animated short i'll eat it up
1: yeah yeah uh anything he wants to do at all Um, but I, I, I'm going to rely on you for notes on this one because I, I cannot remember the name of the director, but the, the third and the most exciting movie that they announced is, uh, tentatively new Jedi order. it takes place in what they're calling the new Jedi order era. Um, and it is a film about the, uh, the formation of the, of the new Jedi order. And it is starring Daisy Ridley. And, uh, and it's directed by, do you have her name in front of you?
0: Yes, it is. Uh, I'm going to probably butcher the last name, but it's, uh, Charmaine Obide Chinoy. No, you did a good
1: job. That's, 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 that's pretty dang close. Um, uh, yeah. And, and, uh, so she worked on Miss Marvel. Um, Right.
0: So and that uh, that was, that was like low key. One of the best things Marvel's done was that show.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Miss Marvel is a big hit around this house. Uh, and uh, I mean, she's, she's one of my favorite Marvel characters, uh, and they just absolutely nailed that character and her story with that show. So I'm really excited at, at those two elements. Um, it takes place 15 years after the rise of Skywalker and, uh, yeah, that is pretty much all we know about it. And here's the thing: it is not worth speculating. It is not worth getting into it. But we're gonna get it. It's gonna like we're we're gonna get Ray on screen again. I uh, and her new Jedi. And we're what, gonna
0: see the yellow lightsaber.
1: What does that mean, right? I uh, and I. Uh, Yeah, I mean like the the potential for Ben Solo to return has never been higher and therefore everybody should be excited. I
0: yeah. I I have a whole lot of speculative thoughts on that and things I want to see Mm -hmm. and I don't know how much of it we're going to see. I hope Disney backs the Banks truck or brings truck truck back uh right up to uh all uh, john boyega's yard and begs yeah. him to come back and we finally yeah. get finn as a jedi and yeah uh we'll i've see. heard
1: i've heard i've heard uh chancellor uh dameron uh, i tossed around a little <laughs> bit and and uh that would be some real vindication and uh, and a correction of the uh, Poe's awful storyline in in tross um uh, borderline racist to be honest. Like let's be, let's, let's call it what it is. I, uh, I, yeah, there's some, there's some serious work that needs to be done to correct the, um the wrongs that were done. Not, not necessarily to the story. Cause like the story is the story and it's, and we're stuck with it as it is. We're not going to retcon it. We're not going to, we're not going to pretend like it didn't happen. We have to live with it. But um, and, and that's fine. Star Wars excels at at enhancing uh, less than stellar content with uh, supporting stories. So that's fine. We can do that. As Star Wars fans, we're actually very good at it. Um, and and Star Wars itself is pretty good at adapting in that way. Where the where the correction needs to happen is, in the the wrongs that were done to, to John Boyega, Kelly Marie Tran and Oscar Isaac. Um, because I just think like their characters were, I mean, obviously Rose was, was so underserved, um, in, in Tross, uh, in, in an almost offensive way. Um, actually, no, just a straight up offensive way. I was going
0: to say, it's not almost. Yeah. It's just straight
1: up offensive. Um, uh, and then, yeah, to, to reduce Poe Dameron to, um, a reformed drug dealer, uh, I, it, you know, like drug runner, like that's such a, uh, the fact, the fact that nobody stopped and went, Hey, is this cool? Is this, does this, is there any other way that we can figure this out other than them having run spice, right? Like there's a million other ways that they could have told that story and had that connection to Zuri, uh, Zuri? Is that was that her name? Jeez, man, I just I, I do not like that. Movie. Hello, um, I think that was her name, but I I uh, Carrie Russell's character, <laughs> um, but I yeah, like there's a million ways that they could have executed that differently, and then the like weird, the weird vague, don't come right out and say it nature of of Finn's storyline. And then also like we don't know what to do with you, so I guess you're also a general, just like Poe. Like, which like Poe should not. Poe, like it should have. They robbed Poe of his moment, which is which was taking over for Leia, right? That's what the Last Jedi set up, was that he wasn't ready at the beginning of the Last Jedi, but he was at the end, right? So going into Tross, he he like he was the he's the leader he's he should have already been doing it like Leia should have already like have stepped down and he should have already been the one leading the resistance but and in any case Um, but then him splitting it with with Finn is like this weird like I don't know it's this weird like consolation prize for them not being together for them not being a couple which is what John and Oscar wanted to do with the characters Um, and I think it's what a bunch of us fans wanted to do but they got you know They got shut shut down um, for I mean, like, like, let's be realistic. It's because then they like if they did that, the movie doesn't play in China. So I, you know, like there's business reasons why you do it. I don't think that those are good enough reasons. I think that they should stand by the actors and the creatives and tell an interesting story before worrying about whether or not it's going to work in China uh, or we have to recut it for China or whatever. I shouldn't just say China. It's other markets. There are other markets also that would refuse to, to play the movie if that were the case. But which is it just sucks that that's the way that the world is. Um, but I I, yeah, it just feels like a bad consolation prize. And then it also just takes so much away from Finn. So I'm really hoping that we get we get. um. An animated series that picks up right after Tross and is about the Stormtrooper Rebellion with Finn and about Rey, I, I, you know, trying to figure out what to do with this new Jedi Order and all that stuff. We get some stuff that leads into this new movie. Um, I think that'd be cool. But yeah, uh, I agree. I so if that's why, if that's why we're getting Bad Batch, I think cut short because I think that's those characters have a lot of story left in them. Although, yeah, I don't want to say anything cause I don't, people might not have watched bad batch. So I don't want to spoil anything, but because this isn't that show, we'll talk more about it on rebel cells, but I, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. Ending that show in, in season three, I think is, is, is unexpected. I thought that it was at least five seasons the way that the first season went, but I, uh, I, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, and uh yeah i mean i guess that's like that's the majority of the news from celebration other little bits will probably crop up here and there as we uh you know chat next week as well
0: yeah i think the only other bit of movie news that i had was uh they're putting return of the jedi back in theaters for a week yeah uh so that'll be fun i'm gonna go see that uh i got to see it when they did the special editions in theater uh obviously i'm too young uh, being 35 to have seen the original releases, but you know, uh, I'll go see Return of the Jedi again. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so far in Canada, or at least at least with Cineplex, uh, there are no screenings scheduled, which is uh, disappointing for me because I would love to go see Return of the Jedi on the big screen again because I haven't seen it on the big screen since the special edition as well. So, um, but uh, uh we'll see. We'll see um yeah with that you want you want to get into the actual episode you want you want to talk about the spies yeah let's do it uh awesome so yeah i chapter 23 our penultimate episode of the season um the best season of the mandalorian i i by far i think i don't know i it's been banger after banger this season and this episode is no different
0: but uh, yeah i agree uh pretty much every episode has been non-stop amazing
1: yeah yeah, um, yeah, like, zero complaints from me this season. It's just been exactly what I want from Star Wars, which is really refreshing. Um, I mean, like, I I shouldn't say that, because it's like, Bad Batch is, is also pretty great, and Obi-Wan Kenobi was phenomenal. It's really just Andor that kind of leaves that sour taste in my mouth every once in a while, where I'm like, this show is really great, and I can't deny how great it was. I just... It's not what I want for my Star Wars. It's a really great HBO show. I just, like, I don't want to feel that way in Star Wars world. But, uh.
0: Yeah, I, I can see how you would yeah. feel that way. I loved Andor. I'm, I'm, you know, I love the deep <clears throat> nitty gritty of things, but this definitely has felt like a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as far as live action goes.
1: Yeah, it's, it's been really fun. So, I, and this episode starts off with just. I don't know, just dream come true stuff. I mean, so we get uh, Moff Gideon addressing the Shadow Council, and uh, uh, oh, and even before that, we get we get uh, uh, Kane on Coruscant in this like incredible Blade Runner esque uh, environment. Uh, uh you know down in in one of the lower levels on Coruscant and then the probe droid man that probe droid was so perfect the way that it was just in shadow the whole time but it had that red eye was just yeah. fantastic um they just nailed it and
0: for and for about half a second when the scene opened i actually thought we were bridging the story from andor to mando mm. because i didn't think that that was Elia kane i thought it was um Who's the imperial officer in Andor? Um, They kind of like from behind had a similar hairstyle. I was like, wait, is is he still around? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I I so yeah, just 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 like like immaculate vibes at the beginning of this episode, and then we switch over like in like with the Coruscant stuff and with Kitty O'Brien, who I just I she's just doing she's doing so much work. It like that character is fascinating and it's because her performance is just like top notch. Um, There's a lot going on there. There's a lot to like sort of look at and dissect, but uh, she addresses Moff Gideon and then, and then we switch over to Moff Gideon and he goes and he addresses the shadow council, which is a concept, I think from the aftermath trilogy of books. Yes. Um, and uh yeah i mean like listen there's there's a very notable absence of ray sloan uh which which i know is a bummer for a lot of people but um m- m- my man uh Gillad pelion making his first appearance in live action and we're gonna get a lot more of him in you know played by
0: xander sure. berkeley
1: um Oh my God. So like, so, so it starts right. The shadow council stuff starts and, uh, and, and Pelion starts talking first. And, uh, like he's the first one to address Gideon and, uh, and I'm like the mustache, the demeanor, please tell me that that's Pelion. And I'm like, I, is there, are they going to do the classic Mando where they're not going to use any names? Right. And then, and then he addresses him as Captain Pelion, And I was just like, oh my god, those words in... Like, spoken out loud. And, like, this is the thing, guys. This is the thing. I don't like the, the Thrawn trilogy. So that's not where I'm, like, a, a, a Gilead Pelion fan. That's not what made me a fan of his, uh, of him as a character. It was the New Jedi Order stuff where he... Um, as, as like, after, you know, Thrawn's been defeated, the Remnant is sort of in in, in tatters, um, and you've got all these warlords and stuff fighting for power, and, and uh, Pelion was the only one to sort of, like, speak with reason that, like, the Vong are going to wipe out everyone in the galaxy unless we come together and work with the republic the new republic and and help them right and so he like i see him as such a heroic character cuz that's where like i came to love him was in those stories uh, and and by the end of the new jedi order he's like he's 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 one of our sort of um main supporting characters right uh, throughout so i'm just excited to have him in live action i'm excited to say um i'll tell you guys this whenever i i make a character in star wars whether it's like for a role-playing game or or you know like just for fun whatever yeah like i always use the last name peleon because it's one of those ones where it's like it's so star wars but it's not um it's like it like Antilles is another good one, right? Where you can be like, oh yeah, right. Antilles. It's like, well, there's Wedge, but there's also Captain Antilles from from A New Hope. That's like a different character, right? Um, yeah, like there there there's 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 a few names like that that you can that you can grab. But I've always, I, yeah, man, I've I've loved that character for such a long time. So seeing him in live action for the first time was a real real treat. And then, as if that wasn't good enough, we uh, we, we flip over to Commandant Hux, uh, who is General Hux's dad. Uh, which, this is, yes, a sequel trilogy connection. It is also a Star Wars Rebels deep cut. Because there was a n- series of novels, uh, junior reader novels, about, if you remember the ep- the episode where Ezra infiltrates the imperial academy okay right and and he makes friends right i don't remember the character's name but he makes friends with with the other cadet um who was there like because his sister i think went missing from the academy and so he went in to try and like figure out what was going on so that novel that series of novels uh is about that character and he goes off and actually like it links up with the sequel trilogy and like establishes Hux, I think it might even be about like General Hux's grandfather, um, and uh, and the beginnings of the First Order stormtrooper program. So like the the brainwashing stuff, um, like it just like it lays the groundwork for some of that stuff. So it's like this is this is also like this connects rebels mando and the sequel trilogy and i just like one character being able to do that it's just fantastic i
0: and then they got domino gleason's brother brian to play him
1: yeah 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 and it's one of those ones where you're like is that that's not donald that's not donald gleason and it's like but it is pretty dang close uh which i thought i was like <laughs> did they just put a silly beard on him like uh nope, but uh yeah, just like a master stroke. So just a great scene, and then and then the name drop of Grand Admiral Thrawn, all of that stuff. It's perfect.
0: Yeah, um, I I loved this scene between this and the one we'll get to towards the end. I think we just need to hand the Emmy to Giancarlo Esposito, uh, because he carries the scene like nobody's business mm-hmm. oh yeah um i'm very curious to see who the rest of this um the rest of this council is yeah i hope we get a ray sloan mention um i don't know if you heard uh me mention that your your guy pelion was uh xander berkeley actually i did, um, yeah, I did. who i know I did. I know from 24, but he's been in a whole lot of things, but, uh, so, you know, there were a couple of really good actors in that scene.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I it's, it's obviously not going to be the last time that we see the shadow council. Right. So, um, I'm sure that I'm sure that we're going to see a lot of this in, uh, in Ahsoka, uh, yeah. and a lot more. And, and, and you know what, like, I, th- I think this will end up being like connective tissue throughout all of the the shows there there's an interesting thing going on here and i hear a lot of people going like oh like the like mando season three like it now it all finally is starting to make sense and it's all coming together all these storylines from other shows and it's like uh because a lot of that chatter is like how much of this stuff was stuff that was supposed to be in rangers of the new republic right we've talked about that a lot on the show So uh, I get get why people are thinking that way, but I just think that they're fundamentally misunderstanding what the Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and Skeleton Crew are. It's like they're looking at this as like regular TV shows, right? Or they're looking at it even like I think as like the way that Marvel's doing things. And I think that Dave and John – their approach is actually very different. They're they're actually telling stories a little bit closer to what you would do in like comic books, right? So anybody who's sure. ever read an X Men comic book for any appreciable length of time will tell you that um, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to keep up with the X Men because you'll get this this sort of thing where like they'll have a moment where where all of the storylines come together into one big event. And so all the X Men come together, and it's this big deal, uh, and then and it'll be great, and it'll be fantastic, and then there will be some huge fallout from this event, and uh, and and all of the the characters will split off into different books. So Wolverine will be leading X Force, and Cyclops and Magneto are kind of the bad guys uh, leading this X team, and then Storm has this X team over here. And then we've got some X-Men from the past that have been brought to the future. And uh, so that we can do a first class thing, but in present day and like, you know, and, and so now it's like, oh well, now i got to read seven titles in order to keep up with the X-Men. Uh, in order to know what's going on and i'll be reading x-force and all of a sudden in x-force the villain is a character that came out of one of these other books that i wasn't reading because i stopped reading that one because i don't like the writer on it i just like x-force and it's like well now (laughs) i have to be reading everything i don't want to read bad comics and you kind of drop off but i think i i think that that's sort of what they're attempting here is a little bit more of that um where where these characters are all kind of um their storylines are all interconnected because all the stuff that I that um oh my goodness what's the character's name? All I can think right now is Trapper Wolf, but not him. I I oh um Paul uh, uh, Carson yeah Carson Teva. I he, where he's like something's going on in the outer rim, and he's right. Right. And we know that because we know that Thrawn is out there and that's exactly what he's been talking about. So it's Thrawn. It's the First Order. It's this mounting threat uh, off off in the Unknown Regions. He's, uh, as I said, in that when we talked about it in that episode, uh, with that little sort of like almost like post credit scene. Uh, he's sensing something in the force. He's not a force user, so he doesn't understand what he's feeling. He's he, he'll call it his gut. Right. But it's no different than when Han does what Han does or when Poe Dameron flips his X-Wing on the side and flies inside the uh, the 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 oscillator and blows it up from the inside and then flies out. No problem. (laughs) Those guys are using the force. They just don't realize they're using the force. Um, Yeah. And and the force is trying to tell Carson Teva uh, he's a he's a prophet. Right. Like it's, uh, it's, he's, he's, he's the herald of, of the, the, the coming storm. Uh, I, but nobody's listening to him, which is such a great mythic, uh, trope to use, uh, which is, uh, you know, it'll, they, no one's going to listen to him until it's too late. Um, and, and that is the sequel trilogy, right? Like, that's what we're, that's what we're driving towards. But then we also get like with, with, I uh, uh um, Hux, we get sort of like this stuff about the cloning stuff and... and, uh, and Project Necromancer. Yeah, Project Necromancer, which like da-doi. Uh,
0: Gee, I wonder what that could yeah, be. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, and I... I So all of this stuff is going to be connected into everything. I think uh, from what I've heard, Skeleton Crew is basically, it's like a treasure hunt. It's kind of like Goonies in Space. Um, right. And... And I anticipate that whatever treasure they're after is something that Thrawn also wants. And that's where that's going to connect in is that like, they don't realize that they, they think they're going after some like fortune and glory treasure sort of thing, not realizing that like, this is the key to something it's a Sith artifact or God knows what, you know, and, and, uh, and that's going to tie it in to that. But, time's gonna tell on that one we'll wait and see but but uh yeah yeah like this i think that this shadow council stuff is going to be one of those connective tissue threads that that brings all the shows together it's all the same show when we got a one-year break from mando because book of boba fett came out Everybody should have realized that it's all one show. So now, you know, we've got the Ahsoka stuff. Think about it in, in terms of like, man, what's a good show that had like multiple storylines all going on at the same time.
0: Um, I mean, game of Thrones. Yeah.
1: Like game of Thrones, game of Thrones is a good example, right? look at game of thrones in the way that like we've got Arya's story we've got john's story we've got Daenerys's story right like and and you know and then add another six characters right we've got all of these disparate stories that are happening in other parts of the world from each other um but in an episode we might cut between three or four of them right
0: right and we sometimes go like a season without touching on a storyline yeah
1: yeah so I think this is the same thing. It's just that um, we're not we're not intercutting them. I I you could you could just call the whole thing "Tales from the Outer Rim," and uh, I and and it would all be one thing, right? But um, yeah, it's like like I think like th- there will be a point where we're watching Ahsoka, and uh, and we realize that like oh this is happening at the same time. That Mando season three is happening, or at the same time as Book of Boba Fett, or whatever, right? Because I I think what we're gonna get, because at last last year at Celebration we got the scene in Ahsoka of her, the recreation of the scene from the end of Rebels, right? Right. And I think that that is in in the current timeline. I think that that has already happened. Um, I think that that Ahsoka will go to Sabine. And say, you know, like, we're like, let's, we're going to go find Ezra. But for, like, in order to do that, I have to go f- figure out this other stuff. Right. Um, and then, uh, and, and then it'll have been a couple of years. And it, cause it was in Mando, it was in Mando season two when she finally got her lead. Right. Where she finally, um, got some of the information that she needed in order to track down Thrawn. So I think right. like the series will start, like we'll get that scene from Revels cause we've already seen it. So they've shot it. We'll get that. And then we'll get like a flash forward to the present sort of thing. And then it'll be like, and then she's coming back, but like, and that's where like Sabine has the long hair and all that stuff. I, I think that's what we're going to get. Um, and then it'll be sort of getting the team together and, you know, going and getting Hera. and So there'll be a bit of gathering allies before they actually go into the unknown regions to confront Thrawn and find Ezra. But uh, yeah, um, it's it like, like it's happening. I I feel that it's happening simultaneously with what we're seeing in Mando. Um, and then everything's going to like all kind of come back together. And I think like, like the, the pacing of it will be interesting because We've kind of got like, okay, we've got three seasons of Mando. Now we've got one season of book of Boba Fett. I think we'll get another season of book of Boba Fett. Uh, Maybe we'll hear about that. Um, Disney plus day this year, I would be a logical place to hear about that. Once we've seen a couple of these other shows, it's like, okay, here's what else is coming down the pipe. But I, I, we're sort of, it's, it's ramping up now. And I think it's ramping up now because now we're building towards something. Um, whereas when Mando started, I think that was just kind of Mando was Mando, right? He did season one, but now it's like, okay, now we're part of this bigger universe. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I keep saying that, and and that's just kind of the way that it is. We can speculate about a lot of this stuff. I from there we jump back to Navarro and the arrival of Bo Katan. And uh, and the, the, the Mandalorian privateer fleet, right? Um, right. We get that awesome reveal of the the Mythothor skull on the bottom of the Imperial light cruiser. I love that. That was I, so cool. I love the, like, there's an Imperial shuttle landing and he, Grief goes out and he's like, first of all, that's a light cruiser. <laughs> it's <just laughs> such a, like, I don't know. There's just like a meta, I, I get it right, you know, say, say it right. It, it's chowder say it right <laughs> uh but uh that's star wars fans right oh, that's not an imp- that's not a star destroyer that's a light cruiser that's not a shuttle it's a light cruiser that's a this the blah 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 blah. it's pronounced at at not at at, and it's like Norm. well actually yeah exactly um so i thought that that was a funny little dig uh at star wars fans just a just a nice little light-hearted uh jab um But I, yeah. So I, I, the Mandos all land. I, I, and I, there's some tension here. Just a little bit. Um, yeah. Um, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Uh, Oh no.
0: I, I was just saying there's, there's just a little bit of tension. Um, I think it was broken by the armorer banging her tools together and saying, mm -hmm. Hey, we're all on the same side. Um, which was really cool. Uh, I'm still not sure what's going on there, but I know there's a lot of people who are still suspicious of the armor.
1: And I think that that's really interesting. Uh, Marie Claire from uh, what the force has talked about this a little bit. And uh, I, it's like, the, there's a, there's like a dark mother archetype going on here and people want to, um, they're suspicious of, of dark feminine. I, I, when, it's actually like that she actually hasn't done anything to harm anyone at all ever in this year i mean like that's not true she's beating the crap out of some stormtroopers and pirates but but in terms of our heroes right she's never done anything even when she like like i i sort of denounced danjarin as an apostate and it was, it was like you're like you're you're not a part of the clan anymore. He was like, "What can I do?" And she's like, "Well, you could go do this, and like it's impossible, but go try, right?" Um, and there's an element there of her almost like going, "Well, now you're motivated. Go, go check out Mandalore for me, right?" Like, so there's. <laughs> I think I think that she. I think what people pick up on is that she has motivations, and those motivations are held very close to the vest. And she is manipulating things to a certain degree, but I don't think that it's nefarious intent. So,
0: well, I, I think curious. a lot of it all, probably also yeah. comes from like we know Bo Katan to be historically a good character, and Bo Katan called the Children of the Watch a cult. Yeah. And we as a society have a very negative connotation to that word so, if so she's the leader of this negative thing she must be bad
1: yeah except that i think that one of the big points of this season was that that was a misconception right
0: uh and, and sure but we're, we're still breaking that
1: yeah but i but but in in my view Bo has already established for everybody that like that she was wrong Right. Um, like I, she, she, it's, it, it is subtext and you have to read between the lines, but the fact that she's uniting these two clans, I think is all the evidence that we need. Right. So, um, right. yeah, I, 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 like, I understand why people are still there with it. I think that it's, um, short sighted. It's a little myopic to see it that way. I think I, and, what's 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 my number one my number one quote many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view and that's (laughs) and we're still because we want din to take his helmet off because we want things to be different we continue to see them as as um
0: suspicious
1: and wrong because we don't want Din to always be wearing that helmet. But here's the reality of it: uh, Pedro comes in and shoots his his scenes, and I, I oh, I, Katie Sackoff was talking about this. I I don't know if it was over the weekend or if it was if it was at something else. But she was talking about the fact that like I, a regular TV show you shoot in seven or eight days, right? But Mando, I think she said something about It's like an episode takes like 36 days and they're not shooting them because the way that they shoot them is different. They don't, they shoot it like a movie, but they shoot the whole season. Like, like, and I think this is because of the volume. I think it's, I think, so look at it this way, right? Setting up the volume for all of the stuff on the dinosaur planet right that where where the where the mandalorian covert was hiding i don't think that right. i don't know that we ever got a name for that planet but let's just call it dino planet uh where everything is a dinosaur and it's trying to eat a mandalorian um <laughs> that we see that that location all the way through like the fourth episode of the season right um but you only want to do that setup once you don't want, you don't want to shoot it in order, obviously, right? You want to shoot out all of the scenes on Dino planet. And then we want to shoot out all of the scenes on Navarro. And then we want to shoot out all of the scenes on the star destroyer and right. Like uh, and, and, uh, like the stuff from this, this week in on Mandalore. We want to do all those things with one setup as much as possible. Right. Um, and so, when you think about it that way, and you think about how much time that takes, uh, I and then and then shooting that way, it's a completely different way of doing it than what you would do on a show like, let's say, for her experience, Battlestar Galactica, where you have a lot of sets that don't change from week to week, right? You have you have a lot of like home base type of sets, um, and so you know it's it's easy to come back every week and shoot for another eight days knowing that like, well, the hangar is the hangar and the bridge is the bridge. And, you know, like, like these, these locations are set locations and, and, uh, I, and so it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier. They also shot that in Vancouver. So it's like, we'll just, it's an alien planet. It's, um, uh it looks like a forest uh so everything that gets shot in vancouver just looks like a forest every planet they ever went to in stargate sg1 was just a different part of vancouver so um yeah it's uh it, it that's a lot easier than i think what they do on mando where we're shooting on the volume and we've got multiple setups and Stuff like that within like I like I I would think that they would do like all of the Mandalore stuff even though not everything on Mandalore is exactly the same is like you just shoot out all the Mandalore stuff for the whole season at once um, right that is, makes sense which is tough because then you have to like continuity wise it's very tough to track all that but um but but yeah I imagine that that's the way that they do it I I I don't know where I was going with all that but that's that's what it is. Um, that
0: that the armorer is probably not as evil as everybody th- seems to think she is.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess that's what we were talking about, right? But um yeah, I I don't know. I I I th- I think I think that she is ultimately a heroic character. I thought that there was going to be more conflict. I thought that there was going to be more of a confrontation, but then Gideon coming back. I honestly was surprised at Gideon coming back this season. I didn't think he would show up. But um, but he does oh and we got we didn't talk about it before, but we got that little peek at the super commandos um the latest yes. the latest incarnation of the of the Mandalorian super commandos so um but we'll we'll see a lot more of them later um from that gathering scene uh we get uh we get grief <laughs> showing up and he takes din and grogu back to his office to give him a gift and that gift. Is the hollowed out body of IG 11, who has now been turned into a mech for Grogu to pilot. And we. That
0: was incredible.
1: That part of it is awesome. The part of it to me that is the most fun and interesting is that we get Grogu speaking for himself.
0: Yes, um, and, they they give him to yeah. make a bluey reference his own yes no button. Yeah,
1: exactly. I uh, and um, this is great. It's fantastic. I was one.
0: The music in that scene was so good. Was great. Yeah, uh, I loved how playful it was. Um, I, I mean the the music's been great all season, but that one that moment especially stood out. There's another moment later where the music really stood out for me. Uh, that we'll get to but i I, i'm here for pacific rim grogu yeah uh so yeah i mean yeah it's it's gonna be a ton of fun um and 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 you know it gives grogu the chance to fight alongside his dad
1: yeah or not fight as it as it as it goes um yeah interesting developments with the character of grogu in this episode uh, and and this i think is going to go a long way to developing the character a little bit more um so then the, like there's the whole plan that's like okay we're gonna go do this I uh, who's with me sort of thing and everybody stands up and says i'll go i'll go i'll go din is the first one to back up bo Katan, obviously right um I And so that's the plan. So they're going to, they're going to, they all get in their ships and they go to Mandalore and it's like, okay, we're going to go down with this, with, with one of the, the gauntlets and I, I scout things, find the the great forge and then uh, make sure that it's safe for everybody. And I'm kind of going like, I don't get it. We were already there. It's like uninhabited basically. Right. But obviously there is some, some larger threat. We get there. the The Mandalorians start on their sojourn to find the uh, the the uh, Forge, right? And yeah, the um, Great Forge. I uh, and then all of a sudden, this like uh, land skimmer pirate ship shows up on the horizon, and you're like, "What's this about?" And then and they're like, "Are you guys Mandalorians?" It's like, and then these these guys just rocket off of this this awesome uh uh skimmer ship uh sail ship and uh and they're mandalorians and so there are some mandalorians that managed to survive the night of thousand tears and the purge on the planet and they've been there the whole time um
0: so about that yeah um i mean i don't know how you feel about jumping around here a little bit but did they actually survive? I mean, that's, because... that's kind of
1: what he says, right? Is that like they'd been defending the planet, and they never left. Sure.
0: I guess what I'm getting at is that the title of this episode is called "Spies," plural. Spies, yeah. And okay, so we had the one spy in um at the beginning, but that's definitely a pluralized word. Yeah. So are they actually Mandalorians who survived or are they Mandalorians who were captured and are now leading us to what happens later in the episode?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I never, I never even considered that.
0: Um, and I think that's part of also why people are still not quite trusting after this episode of the Armorer is... With that being plural, there's got to be somebody else who's a spy. Yeah. It's not the spy, it's the spies. I anticipate
1: that Axe Wolves is not to be trusted. I, I, who is the, it was the, the one who took over for, from Bo Katan, right? Um, I don't, I don't trust him. I, I, so I, if we have, if we have some, some undercover Imperials, I think that Axe is a very, I, uh, likely contender for that um maybe it, it's possible that the armor has been working with gideon this whole time um that would be interesting that would be a real twist but
0: but yeah. i think these mandalorians are probably the more likely other spies you think so? in that they're working for gideon and are basically leading him them right to their trap
1: yeah there's also like the bunch of them that have been taken back to the ship on the gauntlet right so mm-hmm. um
0: and we never saw the end of result of that we just yeah. saw you know are they actually, i know we're jumping are, to are the end actually, here yeah yeah so yeah that's interesting you
1: know. okay okay so so uh so our combined factions of mandalorians now we've got three uh all come together and it's like okay you've got a you guys have a bunch of really sick injured people we can help them on our ship. So the armorer says, okay, I'll take them back to, to the ship and get them fixed up or whatever that happens. And then they kind of go on and there's the, there's the, the board game that uh, Axe and, and Paz are playing. And then that turns into a fist fight. And uh, because of course it does. Yeah. And then I, uh, it's like, Oh, should, should I step in? And Bo like, no, you got to You got to let this play out. And then, but then, as it's sort of getting to the height of the battle, and like at any second, somebody's gonna end up dead. Uh, Grogu steps in and shuts it down. I, I, and just, just slamming the no button, right? Um, yep. Yeah, so interesting. So interesting. And then, and then Bo is like, Oh, you've taught him well. And he goes, He didn't learn that from me. <laughs> I, with,
0: with the implication obviously being what Luke,
1: I think so. I think that that's the Jedi side, right? Um, is the the, the non violence sort of route? So, uh, so that's a cool moment. And then and then we eventually just we just get to uh, we're getting closer to the forge. It's like oh, it's just we're almost there. And then the ground. Well,
0: I mean, we had that dinner scene. Oh. Um, I think you I think you're jumping over the dinner scene. Which because scene? uh where where they talk about the Night of the Thousand Tears and Bo Katan surrendering to Moff Gideon, oh, and then we yeah. get the uh heavily sexually tensioned scene where uh Din says, I follow you because you you know have respect and I will serve you to that end. Yeah. Yeah,
1: man. I, like speaking of Game of Thrones, there's a lot of Daenerys, Jon Snow vibes going on here. And It's like, <laughs> oh boy, 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 because um, that don't go so well. But uh, hopefully, hopefully they learned from that lesson. Um, but uh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, we totally, we totally skipped over that. Um,
0: and then we get the second, the the other musical uh, point that I get, and I love the mandalorian theme over a pirate ship it just felt so Mm -hmm. right as they were like casting the sails and heading towards the great forge like that scene the music fit perfectly
1: but uh but they're not gonna make it there because once again for like i don't even know i've lost i've lost track in this season they encounter a dragon (laughs) it's just like every five steps these characters go, they encounter a dragon. I think maybe last week's episode is the only one that doesn't have one. I, I it's, I, I maybe that's probably not true, but, but uh, maybe I the have last at least weeks,
0: four but, that I count.
1: Yeah. It's, I, uh, uh, it's, it's such an interesting common thread in this season that every time they turn around, they are attacked by a dragon. Um, and this one is big, holy smokes! It's a gigantic, basically ankylosaurus. It's a, a it's, it's got the club tail, and uh, and so the mm-hmm. ship is destroyed, but um, a bunch of them managed to make it off safe, and and they head under underground. Um, it's
0: also worth noting here. I thought there was a little bit of beautiful symmetry, mm-hmm. um, in that a couple episodes ago we had. Din save Ragnar. Mm-hmm. Um well Din and Bo, but you know saving Ragnar. And if you notice, Paz Vizla is the one who grabs IG-12 and Grogu and gets him off the ship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, and and that's one of those things where it's like that's where I look at the armor and people are like, oh, I'm suspicious, and I'm like Paz was a uh, was a straight up antagonist in the first and second in the first season, and when we see see him again in Book of Boba Fett, he he tried to take the dark right? But now it's like, okay, I've been beaten by Din, Bo Katan put her life on the line to save my kid, <laughs> and now. It's like he's just fully bought in to the, he, I, th- I think, I think Paz, uh, I guess it's going to be past tense shipped uh, Dinbo uh, before the rest of us. I think that he's like looking at these two and he's like, these are, this is the Royal family of Mandalore now. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it, it, that, that is a, that is a great note that like he, he has shifted and like, yeah, he protects Grogu. Um, yeah, it's so interesting. It's interesting that they brought Grogu with them. To be honest, like I'm kind of like, was yeah, it a safe idea, right? Did was it really a good idea? But he's got to be there because he'll he'll serve an important purpose at some point. But I, I yeah. So they're underground now, and they're and then they're heading towards the forge, and they're like, oh, they, I guess they it's they, it was just kind of there, right? They go in and it's like, yeah. what is this? And he's like, this is the forge, like this used to be the center of our culture, and it's axe saying all of that stuff. So now I'm on this thing. You've 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 made it. You made me suspicious of everybody, and axe sort of going on and on about what the culture of Mandalore used to be and this, you know, the, when these forge, when this forge was lit, blah, blah, blah. And how glorious it was. And there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a make America great again, vibe <laughs> going on there, which is very similar to Gar Saxon, right? Like that. If you, if you think back to rebels, when Gar Saxon, when we found out the Gar Saxon had gone from serving Darth Maul to serving the empire. You're like, yeah, that tracks. That makes sense. And there was a there was a bit of like a a, a mega sort of uh, attitude there as well of like, oh, must Mandalorians have lost our way, but with the help of the Empire, we can become a great people again, and that sort of thing. And I think Axe is on the same the same wavelength, which says to me that like maybe he is working with the Imperials. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. If he if he double crosses them next week and like grabs Grogu, that'll like that's that that seems really likely. That seems very natural to me. Um, yeah, and then I think you won't
0: be surprised. And
1: then I think Costco Reeves will beat the crap out of him because she's uh, she is a true loyalist to Sabine, uh, to Sabine to to, to Bocatan. Um, yeah, because they have that little nod uh, at one point in the episode to each other. Um, when, after, after Bo-Katan confesses everything, there's like a moment of respect there. Um, yeah, that was really good, but yeah, I, and then we're, and then we're attacked. This is where it just gets like action for the rest of the episode. I, I, we get attacked by the super commandos and it's like, oh, oh man. Yeah. Axe is a bad guy. Axe is a bad guy, you guys. He absolutely is. Because who manages to get out? He's the one who takes off, isn't he? He's the one who...
0: Yeah, he's the one who goes to the ships.
1: Yeah, I don't trust Axe at all. I don't trust Axe at all anymore. He's up there <laughs> there. Y'all are looking at the armor. You should be looking at Axe. Um, yeah. I... Yeah, the so the the super commandos attack, and they're kind of it's like a moment of surprise of like they're wearing Beskar, like they're stormtroopers, but they're wearing Beskar, and they've got jetpacks and whatever. Um, and a uh, fight ensues, and we're kind of... I don't know, like the 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 our 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 hero Mandalorians are kind of winning, but at the same time, it's like they're very overwhelmed by these uh, by these super commandos, and. Uh, it force they, they basically end up going deeper into the facility right like they yeah you uh, never
0: give chase yeah
1: yeah um they think that they're winning and they go in and but it's a trap it was a trap the whole time right and uh, and we get the reveal that gideon dun 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 is behind the whole thing and he's got his own mandalorian armor which is very very uh reminiscent of maul's death watch which I yep. think is interesting. I, I that is intentional. That is 100% intentional. We are supposed to feel that way. Um yeah, I think I think that Gideon fancies himself the Sith Mandalorian Imperial hybrid. I th- I think that we're going to discover that like that there's more there that he thinks that he's I, I um I don't know like 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 next in line for the emperor sort of thing and mm. and I uh, I yeah as we get more of his backstory I I wouldn't be surprised if we found out that he was um somehow influenced by maul and and all and everything that went on at the end of the Clone Wars that that's that that's a that that's a a piece of inspiration for him
0: Uh, yeah and i mean they're definitely setting i mean obviously he's been a a foil for uh for din the whole series but they're definitely setting him up like we we've talked or you have talked for three seasons about becoming the mandalore and you know the the mandalorian jedi and all of that and it they're they're definitely setting gideon up to be the opposite yeah yeah the the dark version
1: yeah Uh, i want to get a good look at his at his armor and and really like pull out some of the symbolism of it but it's very vader meets mandalorian sort of look but there but it has the horns um Mm -hmm. It has the horns, but it also has sort of like the. It has a little bit more of the shape of like Vader or Kylo Ren's helmet. It's got the, the the sort of um, the fanned out, uh, sort of silhouette to it. Um, So yeah, it's 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 infinitely really cool looking. Oh god, it's such a great design, Uh, and the super commandos look great too because they also look like a step between stormtroopers. And and first order stormtroopers, because um, there's some design elements in there from the uh, rise of Skywalker's stormtroopers, uh, the 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 Sith troopers, right? So um, that is another piece that I'm like, that's very clearly meant to evoke something. Like, there's so much connective tissue into the sequel trilogy in this episode, where it's like, okay. So this is what we're driving at, right? This is what this is all about, but, uh, which we already kind of knew, but it's just kind of confirmation of some things. So I, I more fighting, more fighting, more fighting, but then Din ends up separated from the rest of the Mandalorians fighting a bunch of super commandos. They overwhelm him. Gideon shows up and, I, I, they take him away. Like they, like they captured Din. I I and then Paz basically sacrifices himself after Gideon makes a bunch of speeches or whatever and then leaves. Paz sacrifices himself to um to let the other mandalorians escape. Uh, yeah,
0: I wanted to draw a connection actually yeah. because my wife actually pointed this out. The way Paz went down. Mm-hmm. You know, felt very Boromir yeah um it, it was you know that character that you're not entirely sure of he sides with the good guys yeah, yeah. Uh, so many characters required to take him down and then we got you know you know, what we're about to talk about, the Praetorian Guards, yeah. and it takes three of them it's to take it sound. Abs- yeah, it's
1: totally Boromir, right? Because like Boromir, it's like the the orcs and goblins not gonna not gonna stop Boromir, right? He's mm-hmm. he's just gonna cut through them like butter. Uh but then the Urukai show up and it's the Urukai that like no, no. They're like that and that's our like that is our um in the story it's like our our signifier that like oh these things are tougher these aren't these aren't goblins right this isn't these aren't the things that they were they had to fight in in the mines um this is not something that anybody's prepared for and saruman's raising an entire army of these things that's terrifying right uh, yep. and we got the hint of the praetorians before obviously we know the praetorians from uh the last jedi and uh and so yeah, these guys are obviously precursors to the Praetorians, to Snokes guards, right? But these guys show up and uh the three of them, yeah, they uh they're pretty effective. Pretty effective. Yeah. You got even somebody the style to and what to fight a darksaber, right? Like that's what that's yeah. that's what they're there for. But...
0: Oh yeah, and even the style he went down like the physical movements were similar to how boromir died like the dropping to one
1: knee sort of thing and the like yeah yeah. and it's like you got you you run that that sword right through me but he's still not quite dead sort of thing it's like yeah yeah it's good stuff
0: so it, it was a really cool kind of like parallel i mean i'm sure it's been done before but like right there all we were thinking is oh my yeah you know this is this is boromir yeah uh, sure. sacrificing so that frodo can get away
1: yeah um yeah so i mean i think that's it right that's kind of where it ends they, they yeah they i think the and...
0: next thing we see is the director's name so yeah. and this was rick directing yeah. this episode yeah
1: uh and and next week will be as well right so uh yeah, yeah and rick always did great episodes great episodes i mean like i i attribute to, there was a lot of trepidation going into season three there were a lot of people like oh Book of boba fett mando season two was all over the place and i'm like yeah but rick famuyiwa has been elevated to an executive producer on this season for a reason just sit back yeah and i'm i feel so vindicated now cuz i'm like no yeah like this is like that's what they needed they needed rick to come in and basically like wrangle john's ideas and turn them into an actual story and that's what we got this yeah. season um and and it really shows and we end up with a great episode as a result so um
0: yeah i'm very excited to see you you know, where it wraps up next week. Yeah.
1: It's it like, uh, we, we sort of, we sort of talked a lot at the beginning about all the news and stuff. And I didn't anticipate that we were going to talk very much about the episode itself. Cause like I said to you before we started recording, it's very action heavy. So there's not really a lot to talk about. When it's that action heavy, it's just like, oh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, they got attacked by a giant dinosaur. I, I, <laughs> symbolically, what does that mean? You know, there's interesting stuff there, for sure. But I'm no expert. Go listen to What the Force. They'll, they'll, they'll do the breakdowns on this, and uh, and and be a lot more insightful than I could ever be. But um, I but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more, I think, I think I serve more the purpose of like speculation and like, what's the star Wars mythology that this, this ties into specifically, right. Rather than trying yeah. to tie it into real world mythology. i believe leave that to MC, but I, uh, I, yeah. Um, a great episode that sets up a killer finale. The finale is going to be so much fun. Uh, and I'm very interested to see where that goes. Uh,
0: yeah, we'll have to see what the status is of the Mandalorian fleet cuz we I mean we don't know what's going on there. Um
1: yeah, and and as far as we know there's no one to come and save the day. Uh, so are we yeah, are they we going to
0: set up a whole lot of allies in yeah, this one?
1: Are we going to end the season with Boba oh, sorry with Din captured? And then season four is going to be like, we got to go get Boba and Cobb and Kersantan and like call in some favors of like, Hey, Gideon's got din. Like for Grogu to basically go to these guys and go like, you guys came together to rescue me. Now I got to go rescue my dad. Um, <laughs> and that that could be what season four is about. That would be interesting. But um I guess we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see what happens next week. Um, it might all get resolved. I mean, like, like that's the thing is that, like, I don't know that we've got an army uh, coming, but we do definitely have characters that can show up. Um, and those characters, like, we've got Boba, Fennec, Chrysanthemum, and, uh, and, and Cobb. Because... Um, that is a thread right that's a that's a dangling thread that we've got with Cobb vanth of like we know he will be fine we know he'll be fine because we established that the the oh what was the i can't remember the character's name but the the guy the body modder right like that that um that he does good work he saved fenix so um yeah so he'll save Cobb, and uh i and we'll see what that means but
0: um, yeah we can't we can't call luke again we did that last no season. we did that last season so um,
1: i want robocob to show up and be like dead or alive you're coming with me uh yeah wouldn't that be rad? Wouldn't that be so cool if like it's like it doesn't make any sense. He got shot in the stomach, but wouldn't it be rad if he had like a robot leg and like he has like a droid <laughs> leg and his gun comes out of his leg and we're like and like they never say it, but it's like yeah, he's RoboCop now, you guys. Uh yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess there's also always the possibility of uh Tiva coming in, you know, cuz he's putting all this together. It,
1: yeah, Adelphi squadron could show up and, and um, if I think if Bo can get a message out that Gideon is on Mandalore, then that is likely that Adelphi squadron shows up and like led by Carson. And, uh, and, and we get that, that whole moment of, of the new Republic showing up to help Mandalore. Um, another
0: there's more of us
1: yeah well and the 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 thing about that so here this is my thing adelphi squadron is the beginning of the resistance right like they're i don't think that they're going to stay quote-unquote new republic for the entirety of this story i think that I think what we're going to learn is that Carson is the first leader of the resistance in the same way that like, we look at like Mon Mothma is the leader of the rebellion and, and Leia is the leader of the resistance, but there were others who came before Mon Mothma while she was still right. Like while stuff was still happening in the Senate and whatnot, and she wasn't disconnected from that yet that were coming together. And those factions were, were, Sort of forming all over the place, whether it's um, uh, Sawagurera or it's Luthen uh, or or um, uh, Sato, right? Uh, the the right. leader of Phoenix Squadron, right? Like like we've got we have all of these these characters all over the galaxy that all eventually come together to form the rebel Alliance. And I wouldn't be surprised if like the very beginning of the resistance was a Delphi squadron and Carson and Zeb and Trapper. And you know, these characters that we've now come to love on this show. Um,
0: And everybody who has directed this show ever. Yeah.
1: uh (laughs) (laughs) The best part of it. Yeah. so yeah, I I think I I I think that's possible, but I don't know how likely it is. I don't know.
0: We'll see. I mean, they're the ones who make the most sense for it. If the Mandalorian fleet is to survive, it's gonna yeah. have to be them, because you know Boba Fett and Cobb and company are not equipped for that fight.
1: As far as um, we know.
0: Well, sure. But, yeah. but, I mean, they're, they're definitely more equipped for the rescuing of Din, but saving the Mandalorian fleet. If yeah. the Mandalorian fleet is to be saved, yeah. it's going to have to be, from what we know now, uh, a Delphi squadron.
1: Yeah. So, uh, it's going to be a long week between now and then. I'll tell you that uh it's, it's gonna yeah it's gonna be a long wait for this finale and then once that finale hits them then it's gonna be an even longer and but it's not that long because we've got ahsoka coming and we've got skeleton crew coming so um yeah but i think is, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about i
0: um i think we hit everything on my notes that awesome. i had so yeah
1: i think that's it for me so i i will wrap it up there I uh, thank you guys for listening, Tim. Thank you for, for, for jumping in on short notice. You were not the person that I originally had scheduled, but I, uh, but I appreciate you coming in and, uh, and pinch hitting and we'll have you back for sure to talk about more. Oh, absolutely. More Thanks spoilers. for having me. It was, it was yeah. a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, what, what, what else you got going on? Obviously you're the host of the perfect 10 pop quiz, which is an exclusive uh, podcast that people can get by subscribing our patreon uh but uh but what else what else you got going on
0: yeah um i have so many projects that i'm working on at the same time um in addition to the perfect 10 pop quiz i am a co-host on both the pub trivia experience and boozy bracketology podcasts um pub trivia experience is kind of just a standard like trivia style show with a bunch of people just playing trivia uh boozy bracketology is the idea of get a whole bunch of friends together make a bracket and argue what's the best whatever you know we've argued best superhero movie best worst superhero movie um uh we're doing best sci-fi and fantasy author that type of thing and we just argue a bracket of like 32 or 64 down until we have a champion And I have a new project coming soon. I I guess I could talk about it now called Frenemy Trivia, which is a little bit more game show like, but it's another trivia podcast. So be on the lookout for that.
1: Awesome. Well, I, yeah, definitely, definitely check that stuff out. Check out the perfect 10 pop quiz and perfect 10. If you haven't, uh, which I host perfect 10 um, and talk with my friends about things that they think are awesome. uh, Great. Like movies and video games and, uh, the soundtrack to Transformers of the movie, uh, stuff like that. So, um, <laughs> go check that out. And then, and then Tim does the the pop quiz, which is our trivia companion podcast. To each of those episodes. So when we do an episode about, here I'll tease this one. The next one coming up is going to be about gargoyles. So Tim, start getting your gargoyles questions ready. Um,
0: I'll be on it.
1: Yeah. So I, I yeah, go check those out. Uh, Rebel cells is done for the season, but we'll be back. Uh, uh, just after, I mean, like starting uh, after May the Fourth. Once uh, Visions and uh, and Young Jedi Adventures drop, we'll we'll be figuring that out um, and how we're going to cover that stuff. So, look forward to that. Uh, and we'll be back next week with our final episode for the Mandalorian season three for chapter twenty four. So, uh, yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Thunderquack Force Perspectives. Our opening theme is composed for us by Christy Carew. Follow Force Perspectives on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Force POV, and join us on Discord at thunderquack.com/discord. Support the show by visiting us at Patreon.com/thunderquack to get early access to episodes. Leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast service. Or buy merch at store.thunderquack.com. Force Perspectives is a part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network.